Dive into real estate. What are you waiting for? Welcome to the Dive into Real Estate Investing for Newbies podcast, where you will learn some of the newest strategies and simple techniques to get into real estate investing. This podcast is about helping you take action and motivating you to dive into real estate for financial freedom. Now, your host, Cecil Rose. All right, welcome guys to another episode of Dive into Real Estate Investing for Newbies Podcast. I have a special guest, Josh Heckel. Uh, Josh is a good friend. I'm actually part of a coaching program uh, or a coaching uh, that me and Josh, I'm, I'm in, I just got in. And Josh has been pretty much the uh, mediator, helping a lot of students. And I wanted to bring him on the show because Josh does one of these specifics uh, area of creative financing. Also, he does a lot of other things, wholesaling. I think he done some rehabbing, rentals. And uh, just wanted to get Josh on the show, man. Thank you for being on the show today, Josh. Yeah, no problem, man. It's good to see you, Cecil. Yeah, of course. So, Josh, man, tell us how you uh, how you got into this business, man. And, and uh, uh, like, where are you located right now? What are, what are, where are you located and, and what specifically are you doing? Yeah, so I'm in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, I'm I'm pretty much working this market, and then I'm also in Alabama, uh, Huntsville, and Decatur areas. Uh, it's crazy story how I got into the business. Actually, uh, I've been really blessed. Um, I have a stepdad, and then my real dad, and and my real dad is a contractor. He's been a contractor since before I was born. Uh, and my stepdad has been a real estate investor since I was probably about 13, 15 years old. So um, he does a lot of buy and hold stuff. And I was able to kind of grow up learning how to manage properties and at the same time also learning how to do construction. So, you know, my family really has a lot of real estate background in general. So uh, that's been a huge blessing because if I got a question, I could call either one of them any time of day you know, and I could get a pretty good answer to, to whatever I'm dealing with. Yeah, man, that's, that's great, man, to have that experience. Not everybody is, like you say, that blessed to have that. So, um, so basically, was it mostly rehabbing that just your stepdad did? He has the, do he have rentals too? Uh, so my stepdad is more of a creative finance buy and hold guy. Uh, he likes to take over mortgages or, you know, take over. And, and he's been doing that for a long time, uh, you know, preventing foreclosures, that sort of thing. Uh, my my real pops, he does, you know, just construction work for people. So, um, you know, it's just like I said, it, it's it's been a huge blessing to have both of them to be able to uh, go back and forth with ideas or any kind of issues that I have. Um, but, I you know, I gained a lot of my real estate knowledge uh, from my stepdad who, you know, he's just, he, he's just like me. He's, he's a glutton for knowledge and just loves to go in and educate himself on everything that he can. And, you know, that's exactly how I have been, uh, since day one, I bought my first rental property, uh, when I was 18 and I ended up, you know, just being young and dumb and stupid, you know, I ended up, uh, losing that property. The tenants were messing it up and everything. And then right around 2008, you know, financial situations and everything and lost that to foreclosure. And I was like, oh, I'm never doing real estate again. Uh, and and I had a lot of going, you know, a lot of stuff really going on with my stepdad 
uh, over that time period where I was like, I don't want to deal with tenants anymore. I don't want to deal with any of that stuff. So um, I've recently, I, I, it's been about four years now, decided to get back into real estate and go, you know, full on with it. Um, you know, I had otherwise ran a food truck and I had a restaurant and some other businesses that I did, uh, you know, a lot of working for other people. And I realized that, that, you know, ultimately the best way to be financially free is through real estate. And I was just like, you know what, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to learn everything I can learn and I'm going to do this business. So, uh, you know, I just went all in and, and it's been crazy ever since, um, you know, I started wholesaling and, uh, you know, really started just doing everything myself, you know, maybe with a friend or two that I had met through real estate. Um, I actually just recently got married and I met my wife on Connected Investors as well. Uh, we met in real estate and I taught her some things about the business and, and uh, we clicked. So, um, you know, it's just it, it's been really, really fun uh, learning the business and being full on, you know, not not turning back, you know, not not giving up at any point in time and just taking everything that I can learn in and really being the best that I can be. So. Right. Right. So with the with your stepdad, with the creative financing experience, did the wholesaling, did he do any wholesaling at all or? No, no, actually, uh, you know, when I started, I was like I said, going back to not wanting to manage uh, any tenants, I was thinking that that was the only exit strategy for creative finance. And I later found out that there are so many better things that you can do other than managing tenants with a creative financing deal. You can wholesale a creative financing deal. Uh, you don't have to put tenants in there. You can put tenant buyers in there, which is a big difference for anybody who doesn't realize it. You know, a tenant you have to manage and maintenance that property. You have to take care of it a lot more. They don't have any skin in the game. You know, they're putting in their security deposit and that's it. I mean, everybody knows if a tenant messes up a property and you get to keep the security deposit, nine times out of 10, it's not going to cover any of that damage. Now, if you're dealing with a tenant buyer who's purchasing a property, typically we're going to make them put down at least five to 10%. So when that happens, You've got a nice chunk of change in the bank account, uh, in your pocket, just to make sure that if they do mess up the property and they end up leaving it, you've got something to cover it. And then you turn around and do the same thing again. You know, the next person gives you another five to 10 percent to make up for whatever they messed up. So, um, you know, I, I saw a lot more potential when I saw that as an exit strategy for creative financing. And that's what really made me between that and actually the market shifting. Um, you know, around the beginning of, of last year, I realized how much more difficult it was to find really good deals um, <clears throat> as a wholesaler. So I realized that, you know, not only that, but wholesaling is, is active income. You got to work for it, you know, and if you want to have something a little bit more passive, where you can have money coming in every month, even if your wholesaling business gets slow, you know, you got a couple months that are tough. I mean, you know, most people know that that typically November, December are, are tougher months for somebody who's, who's out there trying to get active income in the real estate business. So, you know, during those months, if you've got some passive income coming in, it makes it a lot easier for you to be able to support that wholesaling business as well. 
So um, for the first uh, two years, two and a half, three years, I did uh, pretty much all wholesaling. Um, you know, it was a little slow in the beginning because I really was focusing on learning, learning, learning. And I realized that I probably should have jumped into action a little bit faster than that. I think it probably took me about six months to get my first deal done. But, um, you know, the, the second and third year were really good for me. Um, but, you know, seeing that market shift and seeing how there was so many more sellers who were asking for full market value, my thought process is there's got to be a way to capitalize on that. And there most certainly is when you deal with creative finances. Right. Right. So let me ask you this. Uh, let's go back to to uh, some of the basic term, because some people may not know what creative financing is. Can you kind of just break down? Because, I mean, you got creative financing, like you say, you can wholesale it, you can do the lease option. Um, you know, you got that long term. Can you kind of just break it down what creative financing is? To the audience. Yeah. So, I mean, as simple as can be, financing obviously is typically you look, you're thinking about lending, right? You're thinking about loans, financing, and creative is when you can do something outside of traditional. So, traditionally, everybody thinks, oh, well, I need a loan. Uh, you know, you're, you're thinking, and, you know, hard money and private money are a little bit, they're a little bit on the creative side when you think of financing, but it's still, you know, a typical loan, the way that it's set up. Um, creative, when I think creative, and, you know, everybody has a little bit of a different definition, but uh, creative to me, when I bring it up, is on the end of creating something with the owner, where the owner then becomes a, a lender uh, to a sense. So, you know, you're able to take a situation that, uh, let's say as a wholesale deal wouldn't make sense. And you can creatively make something on the financing end of it to where the seller is happy, you're happy. And, you know, everybody is able to make something that works uh, creatively out of that situation without having to involve the banks or anything like that. Now, you know, uh, sometimes you can do a mix of, the, of both of them. You know, let's say you, you want to do uh, fix and flip and and uh, you don't have the money to come in and purchase the property. Sometimes the owner can finance the property for you. And then maybe you bring a private lender on to handle your rehab budget. And then at the end of the day, the, the owner of the property gets cashed out on their end. The private lender gets cashed out on their end. You have no money into the deal and you just have some sweat equity or time or whatever you've put into it. And everybody gets a check at the end of the day. So it's getting creative with things that people would typically think are traditional. And to be honest with you, Cecil, that's my favorite part about this business. You know, you, you really are able to create so many different exit strategies and scenarios. Uh, you know, a contract itself can be changed to, to meet anybody's needs. You know, it can say anything that you want on it. So uh, not only has real estate been great for me in terms of learning and be able to being able to understand and broaden my horizons on new things that I can do, but it, it's never ending on what you can do. You know, you can always create something new, uh, you know, that with terms or agreements that everybody needs, you know, every deal is different. Every situation is different and you can meet everybody's needs 
by creating a document, creating an agreement or creating a scenario that will work on everybody's side as long as everybody's willing to work together to make it happen. Right. I remember the conversation we had a few days ago. We were talking about how um, you were getting to a point, even with your wholesale deal, you'll be like, man, I'm kind of talking myself out of it because I'm I'm hitting on creative uh, strategies of how I can just creatively do it. And I, I think, like you said today, because if you can't separate yourself with the competition, I wouldn't even say it's competition. Like we say, it's all networking. But most people, if they can't get the value, most wholesalers, if they can't get that homeowner, that value, they out of the deal. They're not even thinking about, well, how could I creatively make this happen? And, and that's what we was talking about the other day. So um, so once you, what, I mean, is you find out like in your market, like what's working for you? Like what, what leads are working for you? Are you, um, uh, is it vacant? Is it uh, pre foreclosures? Is it a bunch of those just mixed in? Like what's working that you find for a lot of these creative financing deals? Yeah. I mean, I hit the same list as everybody else. You know, I'm, I'm typically looking for something that first of all is vacant uh, second of all, has not the same mailing address as the property itself. So absentee is what they call that, you know, um, not always looking for out of state, but out of state is good too. Uh, but the thing is, is that what I think it really comes down to is the relentlessness for me to be able to find somebody. Um, I feel like I've kind of become a private detective, to be honest with some of these leads, uh, some of my best leads have been ones that, you know, you're not going to find their phone number just, uh, you know, through one of these free skip tracing sites, you know, right. one of these sites that you can use to try and find somebody's phone number. Um, you know, uh, there's been so many times where I've actually uh, reached out to relatives or reached out to, you know, neighbors or, you know, door knock or whatever it takes to, to really find the owner of the property. And I feel like that is that going the extra step is really what has made me more successful because, you know, there's so many people out there who get lazy uh, with this business and they just want everything kind of handed to them. When you're in a market that like we're in today, where there's a lot of competition and, and you know, people are, are typically a little bit more educated on the value of their home, you know, you've got to do something that's that put, makes you stand out. You know, and, and uh, one thing is that if you've got stuff that's difficult to find or let's say lists, lists that are dip, difficult to get, um, you know, you're going to cut out a lot of the competition by going the extra step to get those lists, going the extra mile to find those people. Uh, and then number two is that you can offer other options to them by being able to figure out what their needs are and then figure out how you can create something that will meet your needs and theirs at the same time, you're able to open up the door to a lot more leads that most people would throw away. Uh, and you're also able to open up the door to talk to more people, you know, which is really the name of the game. Right, right. That's, that's true. So you have been able to get into these deals with no money out of your pocket. And you yeah. this virtually because a lot of people think this can't be done uh, virtually, but you have done these deals virtually. 
what are some of the challenges you think uh, that you've had um, as far as you had to deal with with these deals on that? Are there any challenges? Because, you know, it's always pros and cons to anything. But can you just share some of that with us? Well, you know, here in Richmond, I grew up here. You know, this is this is hometown. So uh, I know the area. I know what areas are nice. I know what areas are good. Um, I know the neighborhoods. I know businesses around here. I have connections here. So uh, that almost becomes a little bit of a handicap when you go virtual, you know, and you've got to rely on making contacts in those areas, having boots on the ground and, and learning that area without actually being involved in that area, being physically there. So, um, you know, you, you have to really focus on finding good people that can help you uh, for boots on the ground, good people who can refer you to good real estate attorneys or refer you to good, you know, uh, whatever you need, whether it be uh, uh, lenders or, um, you know, whatever the case is. Now, as far as advertising, it's the same, you know, advertising is really the same to start the process, you know, of finding a tenant buyer or to start the process of finding a seller, it, that's all the same. You know, it, it, it's, it's really on knowing uh, where you're marketing to. I think that's the key. You know, you got to do a little um, research to find out what's the best areas. But in all reality, it's just like any other area. If you really put your best foot forward and you give it your all, you know, you'll be able to find leads. That's, that's not the big problem. It's, it's being able to, once you have those leads under contract, uh, and once you're ready to move forward on something, <clears throat> being able to have the connections that you need to really make those things happen. So, um, you know, whether it be somebody going to look at the property, take pictures for you, uh, you know, if, if a homeowner wants to actually meet in person, meeting that person, that sort of thing, you know, that's what you really uh, got to focus on after you get the deals under contract. But marketing is pretty much the same. Right, right. I find that too, having those boots on the ground is is very important. And you always got people, uh, you got services out there where you can use to go take pictures or maybe JV with somebody or something like that, that'll help out. Uh, real quick, before I forget, you went back to most of your biggest deals or, or most of your, your best deals um, or uh, finding the homeowner, like being like more like a private investigator. I think that's true because even with my direct mail or even people who do direct mail, they tend to just throw the vacants out. It's like they don't even go through that. And uh, I find myself, man, I just go through them, skip trace them. And, you know, like you said, sometimes those be the needle in a haystack. You know, they a lot of people don't go after those. So um, I think you have to if you spending money on direct mail or anything like that, I think you should take the time out to go through these leads thoroughly and, and not give up on them, like you said. So that's, that's, that's a good, that's a good, uh, a good key. So um, let me ask you this, because we, we about at the end of our time, how would you set your business up uh, or what would you recommend to somebody that's new into real estate, just trying to get into real estate? What advice would you give them? There's so much stuff out there, man, social media, uh, which is good. There's a lot of good content out there, but uh, it's only so far we know that social media and free stuff could bring you. What would you tell a person that's just getting into real estate with creative financing 
be one of the, the strategies, wholesaling all together, like all this stuff may be overwhelming to a newbie. But what would you suggest? Yeah, I would say uh, three things, you know, and these were probably my biggest mistakes uh, that I made early on. And one it's don't get too focused on wanting to know everything before you get the ball rolling, get the ball rolling, get started, you know, uh, fail forward, make mistakes and fail forward uh, and learn as you go. But, you know, obviously continue to educate yourself, but don't, don't focus only on trying to educate yourself before you get started. That's number one. Um, You know, I, I, I definitely made that mistake. You know, I felt like I had to be confident in everything that I knew before I really got started, but it didn't matter. I made mistakes. You know, we all make mistakes no matter how much we know. You can go to school, um, you can go to college and then start a profession and you're going to jump in and you're going to still make mistakes. Nobody's perfect, you know, so fail forward. Understand what you made, what that mistake you made taught you and how you can better yourself moving forward. Um, The second thing I would say is, you know, partner up with somebody who's a little bit further along than you. Uh, That was a big one for me. Um, You know, my my biggest year wholesaling was 2019, uh, obviously 2020 switching over into creative and then uh, COVID and everything slowed down a little bit. But um, 2019, you know, we did really well. And the biggest thing that I did was I incorporated other people, uh, whether they were newer people or people who are a little bit, you know, in the business a little bit longer than me um, and had more education than me. I, I was actually training some newer people and helping them into the business and helping them get checks. But in turn, they were bringing me leads, bringing me deals and uh, bringing me buyers and we were closing them together as a team. So squat up with people, you know, do deals together. I mean, even if you're, making a smaller check, you know, so many people focus on, um, it's funny, I was, I, I was watching a video yesterday, somebody had sent, uh, and there's this little story about a, a dog who gets a bone, and he goes to the river, he's all excited about this bone, goes to the river, and he sees another dog in his reflection with a bone in the river, and he's like, man, I want that, I want that bone too, so he drops his bone, it falls in the river, and he's barking at this reflection, and then he sees in the reflection, the bone is gone. He looks down, his bone is gone, and he's all upset about it. Don't worry about getting as many bones as you can in one shot. Just enjoy what you can. You know, focus on being able to partner up with people, focus on being able to, even if it's a smaller check, being able to move forward and make forward progress um, and, and learn. You know, so if you're closing deals with other people, uh, maybe they have a little bit more experience than you. You know, for instance, like you said, you know, should they jump into creative financing or jump into wholesaling? Well, that's really up to you, you know, but in, in all reality, if you partner up with somebody who's got a little bit more experience than you in the business, then they're able to, to teach you while you're moving forward and while you're getting paid right. instead of trying to learn everything uh, no matter what your exit strategy is. I mean, I think that it's always good to be able to offer different exit strategies to people um, and to be able to, to offer different creative scenarios as, as somebody coming in from, uh, you know, a real estate company trying to buy your house, you know, obviously it's best if you can educate and help those people come to the best conclusion uh, as to what the best solution would be for them. 
Um, so if that's something that you don't have experience on, don't let it tie you up. Partner with somebody who can maybe give you a, a few tips. Hey, look, this is what you say to them or, or this is how you present it to them. And then you can go out there and present it to them. And then that person can help you lock that down and you guys can work on it together so that, you know, you know, if you need help with the paperwork or you need help with the closing or the exit strategy structure, once you get it under contract, you know, that person can help walk you through everything. So, you know, that, that to me is one of the best pieces of advice that you can get as a new person coming on. You know, everybody wants that big check by themselves, but that time will come, you know, and, and it really comes when you're comfortable walking out there on the ledge on your own, but don't feel like you have to wait until you're comfortable to get started, get started, get somebody that can help you uh, and work together with them. And then, you know, once you feel comfortable, you can go out there and make all those big checks by yourself. Um, that's good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good nuggets. Uh, any books you're reading right now? Anything that you all uh, previously read that that may help, you know, the audience, something that they can just pretty much get more content? Yeah, um, I'm looking into Profit First right now. I'm, I've just started that. I'm not really a, a huge book reader. You know, I like to listen to a lot of audio stuff personally. I'm always on the move, always driving somewhere. So, uh, you know, that, that's definitely a good one. Um, I mean, I can't think of the book, the other book that I'm reading off of the top of my head, but um, you know, it's a new book. Uh, I believe it's by the same guy, you know, uh, Napoleon Hill, uh, he's always got some good stuff. Um, right, right. Thinking Grow Rich and, and, um, you know, there's another one, uh, that he has, uh, you know, I can't remember the name of it off the top of your head, but it's more life related than anything, uh, where it's like an is interview. It, is, it, is it outwitting the devil? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, mean, I like that, that one too, man. That's a good one, man. One. You know, I listen to that yeah. on audio. You can find that on YouTube, man. And, and right, that, right. that book is just really mind blowing, but you know, it's, it's not really relating to real estate, but it, it teaches you a lot of things about, um, Absolutely. you know, yeah, yeah, what, what not to do, what to watch yeah. for, you know, what, you know, what will really help you progress in life and not let those little things trip you up. So yeah, yeah. that's what's up. Well, look, Josh, man, thank you, man, for taking out the time being on the show today. Hopefully we can get you back soon. And uh, of course, I look forward to our coaching calls and everything, man, and appreciate you and uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. Yeah, Make thank you, day. man. Yep. Well, all right, everybody, we'll see, I'll see you on the next podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Dive Into Real Estate Investing for Newbies podcast at diveintorealestatefornewbies.com.